baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Station. You know, they only have to get it to about the two. Snap back. Hurts going to run. He's got room. 10-5. Touchdown. Jalen Hurts wins it for the Eagles. All he does is win. This is Dirt and Sprague. Green to snap. McAllister to hold. The kick is on the way. The kick is up. The end over end kick is right down the middle. The clock expires. And Washington has done it. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. 2-1 over. The rivalry game used to be known as the Civil War. Used to be in the Pac-12. 31 to 7. Oregon with a solid victory here at home tonight against the Beavers of Oregon State. We'll get ready for another football game one week from tonight. Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader, 1080, The Fan. Happy Monday. What is evident? It's really not an in between. It's either the hottest damn headset or it doesn't. You can't hear anything. In it. It's always a good way to start the Monday morning, realizing you're one step closer to not being able to hear anything ever again. One step closer to being deaf. Every day. <laughs> Welcome to our joy. We'll have to do a radio show with those new helmets where you just ah. read things. You don't have to talk. <laughs> Can we just hold up like, uh, we'll be like college football play callers at some point and just hold up the boards of our opinions. Yeah. Jonathan Smith and then have like four pictures that explain our opinion on Jonathan Smith. Because <laughs> we can't hear, we can't talk. What four photos would throw you off about him? Ooh. After this weekend? Something that had to do with loyalty. There's got to be a snake in one of those There's got to be a snake in a photo. There's a snake lying in the grass. Definitely a snake. Yeah. Uh, Probably a picture of the fake field goal. Because that's that's burned into my memory. Or uh, a kicker running 30 yards out for... more points than just, you know, taking the three and going tied in at the half. And, you know, being a two-loss team, yeah. potentially, at that yeah. point, or a one-loss team. I think there's a picture of, like, could you, could could AI morph Scott Barnes's face onto Caesar's body as he's being stabbed in the back? <laughs> Is that possible? And he's Brutus? No! Oh! <laughs> I didn't see it coming. Yeah, this one caught it got caught off guard, man. You just gotta have have your head on a swivel, I guess. There's your lesson of the day. And gotta then be- the fourth picture is just money, just a, <laughs> just a dollar money. sign, <laughs> just a, and then maybe a middle finger to like uh, uh, Larry Scott or something, or who was your old president, uh, Ed Ray? Look at that guy. Ed Ray. We put that guy on there, the Larry Scott defender, middle finger to that guy. Thanks for doing nothing. Bob DeCarolis and Ed Ray. What yeah. a regime. Well done, guys. Well done. You set this up. You put it in the oven ten years ago, and here we are. Your cake is done, and you have. Uh, uh, turn it into a poo cake. I didn't think of the two of us. You'd start the show with Jonathan Smith conversation. Dude, I've been sucked into a warp this weekend. Really? And not really sure. Like, that news broke on Saturday, and I didn't really know what to say. 
hmm, I didn't know what to do. Well, you weren't doing a show Saturday. You didn't need to say anything. Do with my hands. I I felt like I needed to take on social media, and I didn't have any takes. Really? You needed a take for Twitter? I mean, it's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big story. Yeah, but like. And I was surprised by it. I don't know why. It's Twitter. I don't know why there's a coaching move every year. Sometimes it includes my school, so there's blind homerism when it comes to those ones. I don't know why there is a coaching move that surprises me every year. Mm. Every year it happens. There's one that I'm like, ah, it's not good. No, I don't see it. No, no, he's not leaving. He's not Michigan State. No, he's not going there. Yeah. And then there it is. Every year one of these happens to me, and I don't know when I'm going to learn my lesson and not be shocked. Oh, so of all the ones that have happened, this is the one? That surprised me. That yes. like caught you. Not like, in the what? like. Not in the last like week and a half. Like this has bubbled over, and we could sense it. Like we all knew on Friday on the sidelines that he was gone. This thing is over. But if you would have told me two and a half months ago, well, he hadn't. According to him in the post, sure, game, I haven't made a decision yet, and no decisions have been made. <laughs> if you tell me two months ago though that Jonathan Smith is leaving Oregon State for Michigan State, yeah, I'd laugh at you. I had a text on Wednesday, and then it was. Followed up on Friday. Oh, quick. Can I, can I call a timeout real quick? Uh, yeah. The YouTube live chat is telling us there's no audio. So On YouTube or? Ba-ba-ba. Oh, okay. He he fixed it. We're good. You go, you okay over Jesus there, Swigard? Primity, you sound terrible. <laughs> you doing all right? No, I'm not. The whole right side of my mouth is, oh. I, like, I can't chew on the right side of my mouth. It's been okay. a whole well, Stop thing. doing what you're doing. call my dentist and figure out when to get in. It's awful. <laughs> That's not good at all. So you your mouth is numb or just in pain? <laughs> no, it's in constant pain. The, like jaw. Like right should underneath. you be here? There's no choice. Wake Jordan I mean, Schultz up. <laughs> yeah, where's Schultz at? Get Call in him. here by the eight a.m. hour. I got get an emergency. He's coming in. When I got to get through the pilots game tomorrow night. <laughs> should we replay the first five minutes of the show for the thirty-two people watching on YouTube? He doesn't seem very happy. No, he does not. He seems like no. he's in actually a lot of pain, but he doesn't. You know, he's telling us he is, hey. but like it's worse than he's letting on. We just got to survive, okay? We just got to survive three hours of this. It's going to be a cesspool today. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get dirty. A lot of yelling's going to happen. We just need to survive until nine a.m. I don't know if there'll be yelling today. We will. We will try to fix the audio part of the YouTube thing. I hope that works. for I think people. it is fixed. Somebody okay. said it wasn't. Yeah, I, I think we're good. Now. I just had to switch the camera shot. I uh, I I had gotten a text Wednesday and Friday. All through last week, because we had talked a little bit about the rumor mill stuff, and we did our show, let's see, so last week was Thanksgiving, so our last show would have been Wednesday off, and then we were back Friday, and we had talked about it. Yes. Uh, by the time I got off the air Friday, I had heard that it was done. It was over. And then I had heard that on Wednesday, or no, Tuesday, there was a meeting, and he basically told the team, hey, there's a lot of noise out there. Just know we're together. Let's let's try to end on a high type of vibe. I'm leaving. And I we'll get to a lot of the audio today, but there was a cut from one of the players in the post game that was basically like, Yeah, we had to go the whole week not knowing what the hell was happening and what was gonna happen in the future. Yeah, I that's if I could if I could have, I know I lost the bet. Yeah. I made a few bets with people. And by the way, one bet I made was day of game, buddy of mine. All right, double digit win, and you do this and this and this. And I go, they're going to get housed in this game. Yeah. I don't want to bet Oregon State, but because you seem so desperate to get payback, I'll give this to you. <laughs> if I could have picked against my team, I absolutely would have. I could have seen that ass kick. I saw that ass kicking coming a mile away. But I, I couldn't because, well, we do the thing on the show where you went to Oregon, I went to Oregon State. But all week, it was not good. No. It was awful. 
It was not handled well. Nope. And I think it sums up their entire situation, really, in a nutshell, that whole last week. It's There is no easy way to handle these. There's no clean way to leave a program. No matter how you do it, it is going to be messy. All of that being said, the way that this was handled was horrific. Absolutely horrific. I, I just I wish we could get to a point in college football where if you're interviewing for a job, which, by the way, this started in October. Like, Mel Tucker was put on leave the week that Michigan State played Washington. Yeah. That feels like it was 10 years ago, but it was in <laughs> September. Yeah. Like, this is how long Michigan State's been looking. Every athletic director has a card in their desk that these are the names I'm going to go after if something happens, if my coach leaves. And Jonathan Smith was clearly high on their list. Like, this started in the first month of the season where they were doing due diligence on him, calling his agent. He I don't starts- know if he was at the very – like, I don't know if it was just him and, like, two other guys, but he had- was certainly on a list sure. of people. They might have had some bigger fish they tried to go after, but big fish usually don't – those hires don't happen in college football, and you end up settling on a different name. And Jonathan Smith has been on their radar for a long time. I just wish we could get to the point in the sport, and I think fans and players would actually view it better – like, the second this ball starts rolling downhill and you interview and you're like, dude, I'm going and we'll get to the audio today of how long ago he made up, just go. Mm-hmm. Just go. Like, why? nobody wants you to finish out the season. Nobody wants you on the sidelines the rest of the way. You clearly don't want to be here. You clearly want to move on. As an Oregon fan, I can tell you I would have loved the last month of the season a little bit better two years ago if Mario Cristobal wasn't on the sideline because we all knew that he was gone by that point. The comments, the interviews that he was doing, everything told you that he was leaving. He was being awkward and uncomfortable. Like, just go, man. You want to go to Miami? You're clearly checked out. You're clearly not invested in what's going on in your own locker room. Just leave. Nobody would blame you. It's the act of hanging around and, well, I don't know, no decisions have been made. And then the athletic director has to come out and talk to reporters in the in the booth at, at halftime of the Civil War and say, well, you know, we're still talking every week. Still talking every week. It's like, dude, he's gone. We all know that he's gone. <laughs> hey, another statement that uh, had nothing in it and didn't do anything for the university. What a shocking development. Like, even, even Ian, I'm standing on the sideline before the game, even Ian Furness texted me, was like, you guys know he's gone, right? And I'm like, yeah, we know he's gone. Like, that was like an hour and a half before kickoff. Furness is texting me. Like, you guys know this, right? And I'm like, yeah, we've been through this before. I've seen this rodeo. I know he's gone. Like, just go, dude. Like, I hate I hate a cougar the- texting you from the state of Washington. You know that guy's uh, he's gone, right? We've yeah. seen this movie before. I just yeah. wish there were cleaner ways to do this. And I think the coach leaving when the process starts or when you decide to accept the job is a way to clean it up a little bit. I want to be honest with you. I'm being 100% genuine. We'll get to more of this. I'm stunned. I did not expect to start the show at 6 a.m. and you be the one a little more fired up. And just diving in like to that when you bring this up organically, yeah. we didn't talk much at all before the show. No. And I'm trying to noodle out how I want to work out the show. It's a Monday morning. It is a Monday morning. I I didn't have you coming in here of all the things that happened this weekend. I thought you'd be more inclined to lean on the Blazers damn near beating Dame and the Bucks in Milwaukee. <laughs> no, it's not even on my radar. It wasn't even no. on your radar? I watched the second half, though, and I did hey. make money. I live bet the Bucks yes, when they were did. down by 30 points. Thank you. Thank you, Blazers, for being the Blazers. Uh, you shout can... out Chauncey Billups. Shout Another 20-point uh, blown well done, lead. Chaunce. Well done, Chauncey. Very proud of you. Keep up the good work. Keep... Dame, Dame now the 15th player to score 30 points against all 30 NBA teams. <laughs> hey, look at that. Hey, keep you putting, know what? Good job. Keep putting Damian money Lillard. in my bank account, Blazers. It's always welcome. My DraftKings account welcomes it. I, I'm upset with your school. I'm upset with your school. You're upset with my school. Very upset with your school. Okay. Uh, I There's an alternate universe here. <laughs> okay. In which the Pac-12 didn't dissolve. 
We weren't stupid. Our heads weren't sewn up our ass for the last five years. Blame the fighting condoms of Los Angeles, sure, not right? us. An alternate universe where this is staying together, the band is sticking together, and you have no clue how hard in the paint I would have gone today. I would have gone very hard in the paint. Having to deal with text messages for a year about 19 straight runs. Oh, and that Having way. to okay. deal with the trash talk. And nobody likes losing a Civil War game. To blow one when you're up 31 to 10 because your punter can't catch a snap and your fielding kicks out of bounds. Like, dude, that was rough. The last year has been rough. But I can't. I have no ammunition. I can't do it. Your coach is gone. You don't know what conference you're going to be in. Like, this is the epitome of punching down. And I hate your school because I would love to make fun of your school all day today. But I couldn't do it. Even after the game on Friday, I had to call into the Post game show with swag, and I'm like, ah, I got nothing, man. I got nothing. I'm excited that Oregon won. I'm excited they're going to play Washington in the Pac-12 title game and maybe go to a playoff. There you but, go. You can build your hate for the Huskies. All oh, it's there. Hard. Don't worry, it's there. But oh, it's it's because they alive. almost ruined your path to a college football playoff. They could have. They've almost done it eight straight weeks now because they wait, keep wait, barely wait, wait, beating wait, wait. bad teams. How did they almost ruin his path? To oh, a college... if they lose to Wazoo, yeah, but if you still win the game, you're in the playoff. Win. Now that opens the door. Well, you could have a one loss Texas there. One loss Texas is lurking, man. That opens you the door. You need Florida in the State to lose. Playoff committee's There's eyes. some dominoes in I'm need not to saying happen. it's right or the way it should be, but it opens mm. the door. Yeah. So you're saying basically because of the unfortunate circumstance Oregon State suffered from this conference he explosion, you don't get to Deion Sanders high stepping into the yes. end zone. I wanted to high step into the studio today. So really, your, 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 your thing is not necessarily Jonathan Smith. It's no. more like you ruined my opportunity yes. to trash talk. I'm being very selfish right now. I do actually. It's funny you said that. I actually do think that news made even most Duck fans go, "Yeah, we won. We're just going back away." Yeah, now. Just, I can't. I can't pile on that. I mean, much. that's just that is the epitome of punching down. The only ones that are that are going at Oregon State fan, I think, in that post game are to the accounts that went at them. Sure. Yeah. A year ago for the runs and the constant badgering. Hey, a billion dollar program can't <laughs> beat Oregon State. Like yeah. those accounts, they got it. I think most rational, level-headed, <laughs> mature Oregon Duck fan was like, no, no. yeah, it was nice to whoop that ass, no. but yeah. this game's over. It we're was great. On. They did exactly what I thought they were going to do. Now, very confident all week. And- when Jonathan Smith brings his Michigan State Spartans to Ots on October 5th for the very first home Big Ten game, oh, it we're gonna might kick be a little different. We're going to kick his teeth in next year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that dude doesn't stand a chance at Ots. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a weird I, I don't think Oregon State – I think Oregon State fan wants to see him lose now. But yeah, like, who are you rooting for in that one if you had to pick? A meteor. <laughs> just take out the field. <laughs> like uh, stomach flu. Yeah, I don't know. You yeah. know, just, hey, we're going to cancel this game. It's over. As somebody who's had a lot of head coaches leave his university, I can tell you that the the, the, the pain of it happening is tough and the rooting against them, never go, it never mm. ceases to leave you happy. Whenever they lose a game, I'm all. There's still, there's still a part of me that every time Miami loses, a little smirk. What little about sm- Willie Taggart? I don't know where he is anymore. I don't either. But when he got fired the last time, <laughs> little smirk. I think he was at Florida. Was it Florida Atlantic or Florida, Florida International? That sounds about right. Florida Atlantic. One of those right. Florida schools. Random Florida school, and he lasted two years. Uh, Angie Machado of BeaverBlitz.com at seven thirty. Obviously, you know what the show is today. I don't think I really need to tee up a whole lot. We got some college football odds and ends to get to at 6.30-ish. We will start with the local taste. Dirt and Spray, good to be with you. Fire off the emotions. Vancouver Ford text signs, 503-864-6326. And the YouTube comment page is open, so let us know how you're feeling. You guys know what today is going to be. I think we all know what today is going to be. A very local show. Maybe some non-local stories here and there, but largely local show. Dirt and Sprague, we get it going next on 1080 The Fan. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. Um, I don't want to make the whole show about him leaving. It does seem hard to not do that. I mean, it's the biggest story right now. As the week goes on, Oregon and Washington will be the bigger story, obviously, and what Oregon State does. But in the aftermath of that, I don't... I don't think anybody was surprised by the outcome on Friday. And then you get the news, and it's just, that's that's the biggest story. It very well could have been the same outcome had he just stayed at Oregon State. I, I think Oregon is that talented, and I think Oregon State yeah. on the road is that vulnerable. But there was a real feel uh, going into it. You were at Autzen. I wasn't. But there was a real feel from where I was, given what we had heard, rumor mill stuff, that this wasn't quite as prepared a team as maybe could have been given everything that was happening on the outside of it. Yeah, I actually thought, ironically, that their defense was incredible on Friday night. Oregon State? I thought their you defense know what? was outstanding. I, 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 I was going to say the same thing. I, I, I know the score doesn't indicate it. Stats don't necessarily indicate it. But given how just truly inept the offense was... Yeah, they could not run the football. Remarkable Oregon didn't have 50 points on that scoreboard. Yeah, the Beavers held the Ducks to their lowest point total of the season. Yeah, 31. They couldn't run the football that efficiently. I didn't know that. That's a pretty impressive little stat for them. Well, the other thing, too, out of that game was... It was funny that the opening drive for Oregon was viewed as a message or a shot across the bow at Oregon State because they took, like, what, nine minutes to score that touchdown? Eight and a half minute drive. It was like, oh, they're doing to Oregon State what Oregon State did to them last year. If you listen to Lanning after the game, that was not their game plan. <laughs> they just that's just how the drive worked out. Oregon, they wanted to like quick. I mean, they're an offense that is very deliberate. They're gonna take their time. And Oregon State did not allow them big plays. It was four yard run, three yard run, three yard run, a couple of fourth down conversions. It just took them a long time to score. I thought the way that they played was outstanding. To take away the run game from Oregon is not an easy thing to do. And it really came down to, ironic, because Beaver fans have been on this check down Bo Nix thing the last couple of weeks, it just came down to Bo Nix being special. Like, he made some incredible plays in that game. I don't think you can argue maybe it was his best game in an Oregon uniform, the one at the end of the first half. Some of the other plays and throws that he made were outstanding. Like, that was ultimately the difference in the game. So, I had a weird balance of... If you want to argue to me the offense looked a little lethargic, like, yeah, that's also Oregon's got a really good defense and they're good up front against the run. I didn't think the defense played at all like a team that was checked out or ready for the season to end. That was not Oregon-Utah a couple of years ago blowout in my mind. That was a defense that came ready to play. They just had no help from their offense. Well, yeah, their offense, uh, it sputtered and it sputtered bad. I also think it could kind of be a symbolism for the situation. What side of the ball played well? The defense. What coach is maybe going to be the next head coach of the program? Yeah. The defensive guy. Yeah. What side of the ball looked awful and unprepared? Uh, not to take credit away from Oregon's defense, but did not play a good game. The offense. What coaches are gone? The OC and the head coach. So, like, I think you could just watch the way that the groups played and see one was like, yeah, we're going to do this. <laughs> You're going to throw the ball a ton? <laughs> what? Where, really? Like, not that Oregon State would have ran the ball successfully. But it was a really odd, I just thought it was an interesting um, offensive attack. It was like, we're just going to drop DJ back. I've seen that before, and hey, guess what he was doing? A lot of drop back, drop back, drop back. Oh, sack. Eight-yard loss. 
<laughs> awesome. They were in a tough spot because they didn't have a run, a run longer than six yards the, the entire game. And so when that happens, it's just tough to execute offensively. I also don't – it didn't feel to me as, as tough as Oregon's defense is. I didn't feel like they were very committed to the run in it. No, I, I think a lot of that too was the way the game started where it's 14 nothing, kind of pretty pretty quickly into the second quarter. And you're looking like, all right, now we're got to dig ourselves out of the hole. And then Oregon got the score early in the third quarter after getting a stop. And now you're down by three scores. And so you kind of got to throw your way back into the game at that point. Um, it just it, there was a weird energy though. <clears throat> excuse me, at least on the sidelines. I, I mean, in the stands, I don't know how closely people were following it, but the the I mean, you came on the pregame show and said he's basically gone. Yeah. I'm getting texts that he's gone. You see the Nicole Arbach piece, he's gone. I talked to some staffers who you've known for a long time. I've known for a long time at Oregon State, and it's just like it's like they've Devastated. seen a, like they, they they've seen a ghost or a family member has died. And I'm talking to them. I'm excited for the game, last one, rivalry game, all that's on the line for Oregon. And seeing those looks from Beavers, it just it was a very weird energy that like everybody was murmuring about. Hey, that guy right there, he's not going to be here tomorrow. He's leaving. He's taking another job. Yeah. And then you see the comments at halftime from the AD, and you see the comments from the coach after the game. Uh, no decisions have been made. I want to sleep on it again. It just it was. <laughs> It just was very weird, um, but all of that did lead to. I think Oregon fan was very confident going in, and then you get that stuff hanging over it, and it's like, yeah, dude, they don't they don't stand a chance. Yeah, Beaver fan usually gets to be the one to kind of point point at Oregon fan and go, hey, uh, ha, 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 your coach, huh? And in this one, your coach came out and was like, no, nah, I want any other job. I want this one. And Oregon State's coach was like, I don't know what I'm doing, uh, not yet. My agent better be talking to people. <laughs> You, uh, we won't name names, but uh, you mentioned seeing personnel from Oregon State. I loved the text I got from Dirt. So I went on the pregame show <laughs> with him and Anthony, the quickest two minutes of my life. Yes, yeah, so that's a very long, lengthy segment. We need all of your deep, unfiltered thoughts. Dirt introduced me as little brother. That was very polite of him. Uh, thank you for that. I almost that pulled was... this. I almost pulled this off. He went, "Hello, hello, hello." That, that would have been great because I would have fallen for it. <laughs> I know you would have fallen for it again because we're scarred. <laughs> but uh, I should have just yeah, because I came on the pregame like I, he's gone is what I'm hearing, and at that point we didn't know. Yeah. And you text me something hilarious, like, at this point before the pregame, we knew that he was gone, and you had texted me, I just saw somebody that we both know for Oregon State, look devastated, I gave him a dip. (laughs) (laughs) He needed it, man. He needed some help, dude. I just love that you had a dip... Ready to go to hand out to people. <laughs> Sometimes when you're at your lowest moment, you just need a little up. You need a little uh, uptick in life. Oh, uh, I, I, I show you a screenshot of him actually because I saw him on TV when Bo Nix threw a tutty pass. Yeah. He cele- Bo Nix is celebrating, and the guy that I'm talking about for Oregon State is in the background, hands in pockets, and he just looks depressed. Like this is going to be a long two and a half hours. Yeah, I saw him again before the end of the first half and they were doing the media interviews with Smith. It just it, it, it just brought a weird energy to their sideline. And it's a horrible way to end your year. And it's one thing if this is a you know, if Oregon State's sticking in the Pac-12 and they're not looking for a conference and a television deal and a schedule. Well, none of this is happening. All the other stuff. Yeah. Sure, maybe none of it's happening. I don't know that for certain. I, You know, coaches are weird and people have different uh, wishes and needs and things that they want to accomplish in their careers. I think there's just an aspect of like, all right, we'll rebuild. We, we're in a good spot. We're, we're as strong as maybe we've ever been as a program. We'll go hire somebody. We'll be okay. Yeah. It's a double whammy of the coach leaving at the same time all the other stuff is going down. That just, it makes it feel like double kicks in the nuts over and over and over i had a beaver fan uh because i jokingly said if if he does go to east lansing i think i sent this out on uh thursday or friday i can't remember at this point but uh, i'd said something like if he does i'm just gonna be these iowa guys who are wearing punt sweatshirts at iowa 
and uh, uh, was it Nebraska? Nebraska. I won Nebraska. They were just rooting for punts in the under, which, by the way, it hit somehow. And I loved that. I thought that was hilarious. And I'm really going to be that. But I had a Beaver fan uh, reach out and say, you need to toughen up. I remember the 28 straight years. And I just want to be like, this is not the same situation as that. You don't have 28 years to just linger into a conference and be like, well, we'll figure this out eventually. You don't have a conference. Yeah, that was on you not doing what you needed to do to be competitive in the conference. This is the conference telling you. This is the whole college football world telling you. you. You've been relegated. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way around it. You you were relegated on in this week, this holiday week. Our purposes. Yes. They were relegated. So yeah, some people have the perspective of toughen up, stick it out. It's like eh. or just, you know, feel feel hopeless and not have the same situation that people dealt with twenty five years ago. It's a really tough balance because I'm I try to be an optimistic guy by nature and I've tried to remain optimistic uh even in the face of headwinds with with, with Oregon State throughout the course of the year. It's just my DNA and I I can't do it anymore. I can't. It just it's it's pretty bleak and I don't really know where they go and how this gets rebuilt. Well, we'll dive into the game itself. Uh I want to take a pause, little college football conversations and then we'll dive back into the local stuff. Also, I I didn't even mention the segment. Washington uh, impressive, and also, what's going on? They got to be in shambles up there because the last time they were relevant and they went twelve and zero, they just got handed a national title trophy. Now you got to go win three straight games against a top five team. Good luck. <laughs> wow, this is why half titles from nineteen ninety one shouldn't count. Yeah, but you wish you had one. Eh, not really. I wouldn't claim that fake title. Look, I gotta talk trash on somebody. I can't punch down at your stupid program. You can actually. No, I don't. I can't make fun you of that. You did get some payback. You whooped that ass. We did whoop that ass. Yeah. Damn right we did. But say it. Say what you want to say. I feel bad for you guys, man. You beat us into the Mountain West. Somebody said uh, this is a great text. Somebody said I'm a huge dunk uh, duck honk, and yeah. my wife is a Beaver alum. I think I actually pissed her off by not gloating as much as I normally would. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to that. The sympathy pity. That'll, that'll infuriate us like nothing else. Yeah, there is something. like I I'm, mean, it is I'm, real, though. Like, for me, I don't know about every Duck fan. It is like some Duck fans yeah. on social media are dunking. And it's like, dude, there's times to dunk. I get it. I love making Washington 101-12. People don't forget. Like, I love dunking on people, okay? Remember when Call In lost 69-10? to I'll never forget <laughs> dancing you, on the O. After you tried to build a statue for Gary Anderson the year before? Like, I love dunking <laughs> on my rivals. Four wins and we wanted a statue <laughs> you of this did. guy. Remember that picture of him in the locker room? Every Beaver fan had that tattooed on their butt for a year. It was great times, dude. Good memories. Dunking on that is fun. Dunking on this is not fun. Like, this is different. If Oregon State was still in the Pac-12, it would be totally different. But when you're getting relegated on top of it and you don't know what your future is going to look like, I'm not dunking All on right, that. All right, we'll pause. We'll go with some college football. We'll get back into this uh, dirt and spray back with more. All right, you know what I'll do? Dirt, I will save the Alabama audio because I want to talk about that game. That was incredibly dumb. That's one of the worst defensive schemes I've ever seen put out there. On a fourth and goal from 30 yards out. Was that more egregious than the uh, kick six? Yes, because at yeah. least the kick six is like, yeah, a guy fluky. took it back. But, yeah, it's a little fluky, yeah. and he went one way, and the whole team for some – like, it was poor execution. But it's a 109-yard kick return for a touchdown. You tried a game-winning field goal. Like, that's – yeah. It's horrible, but this, you tried. Is, this is way worse. Way worse. I, I, yeah, I, I saw that all twenty-two look, and I'm like, you played ten on eleven. Yeah, 
You know that they have to get in the end zone here. Like, let tackle him at the five. I don't care. They QB spied him when he's on the 30-yard line, and you have all your defenders in the end zone. Let him run the football. That's your dream scenario. And then the guy didn't even rush him. <laughs> no, he just, just spied him. He just stood there. So you basically played yeah. 10 on. Anyways, we'll get to that a little bit later. I digress. We did have a listener uh, at GoBeavs2. Said, great take on not dunking dirt. Appreciate you saying that. There are some Beaver fans that appreciate you not dunking as much as you could. I had a P1 send me a DM on Instagram after my postgame hit. I, I said it on Saturday night. I'll say it again. I wouldn't wish what Oregon State is going through on my worst enemy, man. It's fun to trash talk. It's fun to make fun of teams when they lose. I love pumping my chest out mm-hmm. when my team beats them. But it's this is a different scenario. You don't know where your future is. It's not looking very good. I've... This is this stuff's rough, man. I'm not I'm not dunking on that. You certainly uh, certainly could. You have a right, I think, in some ways to do it. But I think taking the high road here, given the circumstance with both situations, both the school's future and the coaching uh, sensitive topic. Yeah, I think that's the right approach here. Well, the other the other thing that I got going for me is I got an opportunity to dunk on Friday, and I'm just I'm holding my dunks. I'm holding my dunks and waiting and hoping I get the chance to do it on Friday. Well, I think you mentally you're already moved on. You're on. We're on to Washington. On to Friday. It's a short week. It's just it's a very weird time. I was joking with some people at Autzen this weekend. It's it's a very weird time because one fan base in the state is going through arguably one of the best seasons they've had in the history of their program. Looking forward to a Pac-12 title game. They're going to be ranked in the top five tomorrow night. Yep. If they win, they're likely, likely, not guaranteed, but likely into the college football playoff, which if you told me that in August, I I don't think I would have believed you. Schedule's tough. Pac-12's going to be hard. They're going to get through with only one loss, having to play Washington, USC, Utah, Oregon State. Like, ah, I don't know. I didn't see it in August. Some people did, and I wasn't one of them. You're one win away from that happening, and the other fan base couldn't be further on the other end of the spectrum of depressing, not sure where your future is, and all the other things going on. I Yeah, I, I want to – I had some thoughts from Beaver fan throughout the weekend. We'll get to that stuff. Uh, I do – I do envy and I do kind of credit a fan base in college football that I normally don't like or care about. Oh, I think public shaming coaching hires before they're made official. <laughs> You're pro public shame. Dude, huh? I'm I'm all about this. Now, uh-huh. I think Tennessee, Tennessee is recovered. They got hype on now. They feel good, I think, about their situation. Dude, that, that aged horribly, by the way. Do you know who they ended up hiring instead of Greg Schiano? Uh, Tennessee? Yeah. Uh, yeah, what was that cat's name? Uh, Jeremy Pruitt. Pruitt, thank you. Who yeah. had NCAA recruiting sanctions and right. was fired within two and a half years. But he was a Bama disciple. <laughs> He's a Saban guy, right? So, like, the, the thinking was we're going to be Bama light. They did that to Shiano and Leach at Tennessee. Tennessee wanted to hire both those cats, and all indications are that Shiano and Leach were both basically on the one-yard line and their Twitter got a hold of it, and it was over. And those schools got publicly shamed out of hiring them. This happened to Texas A&M this weekend. I know they won't admit it, and that's okay. Neither will the, the candidate. But Stoops was the guy for A&M. Yes. It got leaked, and the entire fan base said, The hell you will! And they pumped out. Stoops sent some stupid notes message that was like, no, 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 no. I love Kentucky. I never want to leave Kentucky. <laughs> and AM had to go hire Elko. Yeah. They publicly shamed their university into hiring the guy that they more preferred over Mark Stoops. And I don't know if it's going to work for them. I think they're a little too controlling. I think their expectations are stupid. Uh, and they got a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. But I love that a fan base can publicly shame their school 
out of hiring somebody they don't like. It's a miraculous power of social media in the modern sports world that you can have that level of impact. Back in the day, there was no, like, how were you going to voice your displeasure with the direction the program was going? Write a letter to the athletic director? Right. You didn't have a way to do it. Now you do. I find it hilarious, though, because the Tennessee example was the first one I thought of. They wanted to hire Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano's a good coach. He's won everywhere he's gone. Rutgers is bowling. He's won at Rutgers, okay? That's not an easy thing to do. And Tennessee fan was up in arms, I think, because of the Sandusky stuff. They tried to act like they've never done anything weird or strange down in Tennessee. Shiano was a six-degree separation from that, and that was the reasoning that they used. But they just didn't want him because he wasn't an SEC guy. He wasn't one of their own. And they ended up hiring Jeremy Pruitt, who was a horrific disaster. Mm -hmm. So that's the funny part about fans that are speaking is this doesn't always work out in your favor. I will say, look, I, I like Mike Elko. I think it's a decent hire for AM. He was a D coordinator there for a couple of years. He's done a great job turning around Duke. When I saw the Mark Stoops news, though, I thought that is an awesome hire. You liked the Mark I, Stoops hire. Dude, I think Mark Stoops is a damn good coach. He has won 10 games in the SEC at Kentucky. Yeah. Kentucky. That's not a football program, and he's won 10 games multiple times. He's about to go to his eighth straight bowl game. Mm-hmm. They don't have the NIL for football like these other schools do. They don't recruit the way these other schools do. They're a do. basketball school. They're a basketball school. Yeah. They're they're a second-tier SEC program, and to win 10 games twice and to go to eight straight bowl games, that's a remarkable coaching job. He's one of those guys that I've always looked at and said, if you gave him more resources and more money and can hire any staff he wants, go get any player he wants, what could he accomplish? I would have loved that hire, and this is going to look hilarious. If they fire Elko two and a half years in and Stoops is still doing good at, at uh, Kentucky. I got stuck on a Reddit wormhole and it basically the theory was if I was a college football coach I would just coach at basketball schools and never leave. And I've always shared that same opinion. Like Lee, Leipold at Kansas I know his name is a hot commodity because Kansas is kind of relevant now but I'd never leave. Why Why would I leave? I'm Jet getting... Fish at Arizona? I. That was a name for me that I had the same thoughts that Dirt has on Stoops. I was kind of thinking, ah, Jetfish can turn Arizona and make me think they're the third best team in the conference. Mm-hmm. What could Jetfish do at AM with those resources? And he's offensive, offensively minded. Yep. So I, I kind of like the offensive-based coaches a little more than having defensive coach. There were some guys out there. I don't know how to feel about Elko. I thought he did a good job at Duke, but... He's been a head coach for two years. Like I, That's kind I, of my thing. Is I, I, It's not enough sample size for me to conclude, like, I love this hire. It might be a great hire. It's also A&M. Good luck. What are the expectations immediately? Like, John Shire got that job at Duke, and he's already a bigger <laughs> rock star than Elko. And I'm like, yeah. you could just stay at Duke. You could just be really good at Duke. Forever. You don't win a national title within five years. You're going to ch- chop your hands off or something down there. Maybe this speaks to my work ethic. Maybe it does like, it. If I get an $80 million buyout, what do I care? Who needs hands? I got $80 million. I, I, Yeah, I'd rather not be fired. I'd rather just be somewhere and be a legend. Like, what did he do? He won eight games every year. Yeah. We never thought he would do it. Yes. It's amazing how different, and this we're going to get to this today, it's amazing how expectations are going to change the way you view about a coach and Absolutely. the job that he is doing. Yes. And to a lot of these guys who are jumping to bigger places, Good luck. I want to throw this out there. We'll get to it, obviously, but where are you at on some of the coaching availability spots? Where is Michigan State for people? Even if you can, if, and maybe Oregon State fan can't do it today, if you can remove the emotion of it, what are your thoughts on Michigan State as a job, A&M as a job? I think there's a good conversation there. Uh, but let's let's just go back to the local stuff. We'll dive in. Civil War was Friday. Let's talk about that, and then we'll get to some of the big news. We've got a Pac-12 title game set up for Friday. Jonathan Smith has bolted. Angie Machado at 730. Dirt and Sprague back with more on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. 
Frank Reich has been fired in Carolina. We didn't even. We probably won't get to the fact that Indiana football thinks it should pay twenty million to fire a guy. Like they think that of themselves. And John Gruden might be there. John Gruden going to Indiana. It's a crazy hot rumor. Is that Ooh. Gruden wants to be back in coaching, and he might have to climb through that wormhole to get back in the uh, respected category. Why don't you guys call John Gruden? I, I don't think want, we can afford him. You don't want Chucky? No, I think we're going to have to keep Trent Bray at a, at a decent did he price. Fi- did he ever win his lawsuit? He filed a lawsuit about I, being fired. I, I think that's still ongoing. Is that still, still ongoing? Yeah, it's still, still pending. Ongoing. Okay, I wasn't about sure about that. Final verdict of it. Uh, yeah, Friday's game, I don't know. I, You know my takeaway was? Because I thought Jonathan was gone at this point, so I'm watching this game like, yeah, there's another Tud. Oh, there's Oregon again. Oh, their offense sucks. <laughs> I, 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 I'm I, trying to say this without coming off like I don't like the guy. He might have secured the Heisman. I I had to kind of turn the mute on and off with Brock. It, it was a little much. I mean, like, I get it. Like, Bo Nix, that, that across his body throw 50 yards down the field, like, that was an incredible moment. He needed a moment. It was a moment. He was hitting four-yard crossing routes, and Heward's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Tess Johnson doesn't reel off 30 yards if if he doesn't throw it. He Like, every play. Bucky would run six yards. Did you see the way Bo Nix handed that ball off? <laughs> like, dude, you don't have to do the whole, I'm a Husky, but let me overcompensate for the duck commentary. Where did Bo Nix hurt you, huh? Where did he touch it's you? It's not Bo Nix. <laughs> I... I, I'm not is alone this a on Deion this. Sanders thing with me. No. It's the overgushing of media is driving you away. A little bit, yeah. I I talked to some people about this that watched the game, and they had the same kind of take. It just every play was just, oh 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 oh. It's a six yard pass. The Bucky Irving touchdown was a screen. It was like, oh my god, look at how he he lured the defense with his feet. It's a screen pass. It's a great play by Bucky though. Good blocking. Wow. <laughs> it was a bit much. It was. I know you didn't, I, you weren't watching on TV. I went, I went back and rewatched it. I mean, it, look. It was laid, a bit much. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. I, you guys are having a rough time. So you go ahead and you vent and, and rant about whatever you want to vent and rant about. I, I, this is Oregon State excluded. I've been on this for a couple <laughs> weeks, but the, the, the Brock Heward broadcast was a bit much. He, um, I did find it ironic that, that the whole check down thing is, is sticking to Bo Nix. I don't really know why this is a thing and why. The only stat we care about is throws 20 yards down the field. Like, I keep having people tweet that to me as if it's some sort of indictment on the quarterback that he is, or that's the only number that matters. So that's the only stat that we count is 20-yard throws down the field. Like, that's the only thing that matters when it comes to determining a Heisman Trophy winner. I will say this. I actually appreciate that he's a quarterback that takes more efficient throws because there's a higher completion percentage when you have more efficient throws. He's got incredible athletes you have to incredible get the ball athletes to space. Get the ball to him. Why yeah. do you need to chuck it 30 yards down the field every time to appease Twitter? trolls i just that whole thing has been hilarious to me and why that has taken over i don't know i i get that we have to find ways to nitpick guys if you don't think they should win the heisman i think that's what it is dirt it's the nitpicking of a heisman conversation with different players okay that's fine i also found it hilarious that the the biggest play in that game that broke oregon state's back was a 45 yard bomb down the field (laughs) 
Like after all that for weeks, he just throws checkdowns. He just throws screens. And then in the biggest moment of the game, when that was a 14 to seven game with less than a minute to go in the first half and Oregon state was getting the ball to start the second half. Mm -hmm. Like we can do this all Oregon state's quitting and they didn't care. And they weren't there. They didn't show up. That was a 14 to seven game with 48 seconds left or whatever it was in the first half. And Bo Nix had a special moment. He threw the ball downfield multiple times on that drive when he needed to, including on a touchdown pass that basically broke Oregon State's back, and that was the end of the game because they went into the half up 21-7. I thought he had three incredible throws in that game, and I thought that was the best game that he's played in an Oregon uniform. That throw to Troy Franklin at the end of the half was awesome. He had one that he threw to Tez on a corner route into bracketed coverage with a safety over the top and a linebacker underneath that was just a thing of beauty. And then he had a throw in the third quarter when that thing was not quite a blowout yet, and Oregon State was still somewhat in the ball game. They had a third and long play in which they had a cover zero blitz with a free rusher coming off the edge, and Bo was able to scramble back, buy enough time for Troy Franklin Franklin to run a little 12-yard out, and he hit him basically throwing the ball before he even made his break, turns around, balls, hits him in the hands. I thought he made incredible play after incredible play in a game in which his running game was not there the way that it has been at times this year. Give a ton of credit to Oregon State's front seven for slowing that down. I get that the the overhyping and the you know the gargling can get a little frustrating from a from a broadcaster standpoint, but I thought Bo Nix was outstanding on Friday. I'm night. trying to think. You you keep saying this. You thought it was his best game in an Oregon uniform, and I'm trying to think if if I agree with that. Dude, he's been on a hot streak now since the Washington game. The only pick he's thrown was oh, a yeah. ball that hit Tess Johnson in the face mask. Uh, but well, I, I think given Jaden Daniels struggled for half of that LSU game, and and Penix's numbers have just not been there the last couple weeks. No, I think Penix is basically eliminated. You can't, you can't have another clunk. He's had too many clunkers in the second half. I don't know if it's injuries or what. I have felt like whoever was going to win Friday was going to be the guy that won the Heisman, but I think he's out of the run. I, I, I don't know if, well, out of the, I think he'll be in New York. He'll be a finalist, I sure. I think Kim Daniels and Bo secured their, I mean, yeah, long secured their spots in New York. I don't know who the fourth person is that they throw in there and act like was amazing. Like, if it's Marvin Harrison Jr., I'm going to laugh at that. I think Roma Dunze actually is a better candidate than him. I, I mean, you could throw whoever it is. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But it does feel like the last few weeks, Penix's numbers, I thought he was really good at Oregon State. He threw like 200 yards. That one wasn't his fault. That was a conditions game that I gave him I know, the benefit of the doubt for. But it's bad timing. Yeah. And people, Heisman voters don't go, oh, he played in rain. That's yeah. not how they vote. They go look at his numbers and they right. don't watch the game and then they make a vote. Right. And Nix's numbers pop off. Daniel's numbers certainly are popping off. Uh, Penix aren't. I think he's making Heisman plays, but he's not necessarily doing it with the stats. So maybe you're right because that may have secured him the Heisman. And I know people keep saying this Friday's game will, but maybe that did enough for him against Oregon State to secure it. I think it's a two-man race. I think it's Nix and it's Daniels at this point. And if Nix wins on Friday, I think he's going to get the benefit of the doubt for playing in a bigger game. But Daniels isn't playing. He's not exactly. But if Nix loses, I just I think Penix the, the not scoring an offensive touchdown against ASU. Yeah. It's like you can excuse one away. Although Nix has not had a bad game and their offense has not had a bad game all year, you can excuse one away. The Oregon State game wasn't necessarily his fault. There were really bad conditions in that mm-hmm. game. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. They 
barely had 300 yards of offense yesterday or Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Dude, they got outgained by 100 yards by Washington State. They had yeah. like 308 total yards of offense. I think they've been outgained their last couple weeks. <laughs> like that's an offense that's just not clicking the way that they were clicking early in the year. They were unstoppable for the first month and it just hasn't quite been the same. Maybe they win Friday and they continue to survive. I just there is a frustration. My inner haunt comes out with this checkdown stuff. Like it's like, oh, it's like I'm like the, the werewolf that's awakening. That's the stat that we point to and not the fact that nearly 30% of Jaden Daniels' touchdowns came against Grambling, Army, and Georgia State. <laughs> that's in garbage time when they're up 42 to 14. Like, yeah. are we not? That's not a thing. That doesn't matter. No, also, they stat padded for sure. Also, the throws down the field, sometimes that's predicated on the situation of the game. And Oregon has had a massive lead in basically every game that they played this year. And so you don't have the need to throw the ball downfield in the second half. You do in the first half, and then you're up by 30, and he doesn't play in the fourth quarter. It just, I, that's one that has, has started to frustrate me a lot. That's the only stat that I continue to see thrown out as if it's the only thing that matters with winning the Heisman. That graphic certainly got turned around last week, didn't it? It did a little bit. That uh, 20, what is it, 20 touchdowns or whatever to the 17 completions or what have you. But yeah, yeah I, it, it's not even a, I think Nix is going to win it. I can't argue with the numbers. I think he's leading the, the nation in passing yards now. Yes, he is. Um, so I think he's locked. To me, it's not a nitpick or check. It's just like every throw, every throw. Tess Johnson was electric. Mm -hmm. Some of the acrobatic athletic moves he made on defenders was stupid. The super underrated part of the second half of the year is the way he has become an integral part. He was a good piece early. The last month and a half, he has been unstoppable. Well, yeah, Franklin, him, and Bucky, I just, and now you got Ferguson. It, I just, I, it's it's a tough thing to stop that offense. Yes, it is. Uh, we'll get into more of that throughout the week. Obviously, the big matchup on Friday, Pac-12 uh, Championship Day, but we start the second hour. Jonathan Smith bailing on his alma mater from Michigan State. Hour number two, Dirt and Spring on the fan. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 